Welcome to the RedX Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Red X Podcast. Uh, I'm Curtis Finn, the host today. We've got an amazing guest. He's been on the show before. Some of you are probably watching because you saw that he was coming back. Uh, welcome, Derek Lipsky. Hey, good afternoon. So Derek is uh, all the way out in Boston and um, working out there. And we're excited to have you here. We're excited to talk about a few things that you are an expert in and um, so welcome. For those of you who are joining us, whether you're watching on Facebook, you're watching on YouTube, you're watching in some of our Facebook groups or on our website, welcome. We appreciate you joining us. Um, we promise that we're going to give you some value today. Um, we wouldn't want you to be here if we didn't think that what we have to share would help you in your business, um, which is the point of the show. We go out and we find the experts in the industry. We bring them to you, share a little bit of drop some wisdom, and hopefully you can take those things and implement them into your business right now. So um, if you're on the show, please, some regular viewers are already chiming in there. Amanda, hello. Uh, Bismarck Holmes in Florida, thank you so much for being here. So if you could tell us where you're at, where you're listening from, that always lets us know that the tech at least is working and that you can hear us and audio and visual and everything is working. So make sure you pop it in there. The other thing for those of you who are viewing, um, be participants in the show. Um, I've got the comments pulled up. Um, I can't pull them up every, but I, you know, we have most of them pulled up and we also have a team that can cue me up if I'm missing some questions. But if you have questions for us, or if you have questions for Derek, make sure that you post those in there. Elliot, hello, Stephen, hello, Stephen, I know you and man, it's been a long time with COVID. We haven't been able to run into each other at conferences, but um, thank you everybody for being here. Derek. Yes, sir. Why, why, you know, for those of you who may not know who you are and what you do, um, tell, g give us a, a short bio and, and tell us about your market and what's going on there and, and kind of what you specialize in. Yeah, so I've been doing this 20 years in the business. Um, uh, within the first three or four years of my business, I got involved with expired listings, got into training with Mike Ferry, um, Tony Robbins, uh, uh, Floyd Whitman, a few other guys got trained in how to call expired listings. Um, with that training coupled with the KW training and trial and error of my own, um, I managed to do a little over 700 deals on my belt, uh, half of which were expired listings. So half my business comes from uh, expired listings. I'm a daily caller. I'm what Curtis would call a heavy user, which in my, from where I'm from, heavy user means something totally different. But in Red X, I'm a heavy user. Means I'm a heavy caller. So I, I dial every day. Um, I coach people on how to get better at what they do. But. Uh, I'm one of those guys who I don't coach from a ivory tower. I'm in the trenches with you every day. So the stuff I teach you about is what I'm hearing about. We deal with COVID, the president, interest rates, Christmas, whatever that, whatever that is, um, we deal with real stuff. So the stuff we talk about today are going to be real time stuff. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And we like heavy users around here. So um, and and we hope to get into some of that. Last time you were on the show, we mostly focused our time on talking about prospecting and scripts and 
objections and things. Um, and you have so much more to share and, and we're going to get into all that. Um, I am asking somebody on the show is, is asking me to, to, to ask you when is the next belt? So I'm not sure I know what that means, but you might know what that means. The next nice belt. So we'll leave the inside jokes for the people making comments. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about a little bit. What was, was your background with all of these different coaching organizations, what drove you to expires or was, uh, why expires? It's not, it's not the easiest lead type type to start with. You know, it's funny. Uh, when I was, got involved in coaching, my first coach was like, you know, most people like either expired or for sale, for sale by owners. I hated for sale by owners. I thought they were just too cocky. I couldn't take, I hate arrogant people. Um, so I like the expired listening to myself because uh, they were someone who identified themselves as someone who wants to sell. They just didn't have the right agent. Uh, so I could target them. And then once I understood the, the mindset of, of what they, what they went through and what they're looking for, I can cater a presentation to that. Uh, and I can articulate exactly what they want uh, in a listing presentation to get them to say yes at the right price, the right commission, and then again, market it and get it sold. Right. Well, so I love that. And let's jump into that because I think I think um, you're talking about something that both I want to talk about, but I think is really important to being successful and working expires is understanding the mindset of an expired homeowner, what what they went through. And mm. do, talk to us about a little bit. I mean, what? How how do you get in their shoes to try to relate and and, and cater the presentation to them? Okay, so a lot of what I learned on how to do was for having my butt kicked in the in in the actual market trial and error, right? So I'd go on these presentations, I wouldn't get them, and I would hear key phrases they would keep saying, and I go, man, I got to come up with something like that, you know? Um, so I learned to start catering my presentation and using key words in that presentation because of their mindset. So listen, their mindset is this, their home didn't sell, um, they're upset, all their neighbors saw the sign and saw it go up and come down. So their neighbors, they, to their neighbors, they feel like a loser. Like, oh man, you couldn't sell your house. Whether it was overpriced or you picked the wrong agent um, or a combination of both, I don't know. Uh, they told their friends and family like, we're going to Utah and they're not going to Utah anymore. You know, um, So I think there's a lot of disappointment on um, you know, and I'm sure a, a lot of times they get, if they have a wrong agent, even if they get an offer, if the offers go together, it's because their pride was too much to say, we're asking 450, it's only worth 400, this offer's 410, it's 40 below what I, what I, my agent told me is worth, I'm not going to accept that. Six months later when they don't sell, they go, I should have took that offer because now in a declining market, it's 390. In a market like we're in today where the market's going up, it, it doesn't sell, it's probably still 410 if not 420. But the mindset of, of someone who goes through that is one of you know great disappointment uh, and I think a little bit of anger. So when we call these people, you know, the, one of the first things they say to us is, "Where were you when my home was on the market? Why didn't you show it?" You know what I mean? So if you know these kind of key phrases, you can say you're probably wondering why I called and where I was the whole you know when the home was on the market. You know, so you can say these things before they bring them up and, and use them to your favor, uh, like a listing. I used to always get, well, I can always rent it, right? So that's, that's their like block for you if you're trying to list a house. But if you say, well, it's not the right price, you can always rent it. They go, I'm not going to rent this. But if, if you say it to them, you know, they, they'll say the opposite. But if they say it to you, it's like a block. So there's all these different techniques you learn as going through it to prepare 
to get them to go to the final yes. And it's a bunch of these small things after understanding the mindset that helps you as an agent uh, articulate the right words at that presentation to get the yes. So that mindset, I mean, it's just some words that you said. I mean, frustrated, disappointed, embarrassed, yeah. um, uh, pride, their ego yeah. is, you know, you're, you're, you're messing with some pretty intense emotions with people sometimes after six months. Oh, yeah. um, and, and where you're at on the East, sometimes they're more blunt about those emotions when you get on the phone with them. Right. Yeah, so yeah. you're calling the other thing, Derek. I mean, you know, not more people are working expireds or calling expireds right now than when you first started of a decade course. ago or longer. I mean, yeah. you guys uh, made it easier. Everyone has access to it now. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, which which is good and bad. I mean, how, how has that affected the call? I mean, even Barry is asking the question. You know, what do you say when somebody says you're the 87th person that's called me right now? Yeah, I, and, it, and and how does that mindset when they're already frustrated, already disappointed, already embarrassed? Now what? So it's funny you say that because that's exactly what they say. And again, what I talked about a minute ago is understanding what they're going to say and having a response for it. So you're the 87th guy who's already called. You're all saying the same thing. You know why we're all saying the same thing? It's because we're seeing the same thing. This is the home that should have sold. Why didn't your home sell? Sell. What, you know, and just get them off that to the question you want to ask them. You know what I mean? But again, it's having that skill set to be able to rec hear that, recognize it, have an answer, and continue to move through your line of questioning to determine either A, I want to go on this, or B, I don't want to work with this person. And there's a lot of them people you don't want to work with. Listen, no one, want, no one wants to work with someone who's going to give you cancer at the end of the day. Like, I don't want to, some guy who's going to grind me on price, grind me on commission, Grinding on everything it, it is going to be a no-win for anybody. I've done this 20 years, and luckily I'm successful enough where I can turn down certain ones and go, I'm hearing what I know this guy is going to be a jerk, so I don't want to get involved with this guy. I'll just tell him my line, which is, you know what, I'll look for it to come on. If I have someone, I'll be happy to help try to show it and sell it. Thank you for your time. Boom, right to the next one. Because I don't want to deal with some of those people. Yeah. You know? But But that initial response then, I mean, when you're saying that, um, you, you, let's go back just to the script of that so we can answer Barry's question sure. um, a little more directly. He's saying, you're the 87th person. You're saying, yeah, we're all calling you for the same reason. We're wondering right. why this home didn't sell. Yeah. Do you think and you should have the whole stand in front of the front yard? Yeah, so do I. Let's find out what happened, you know? Yeah. yeah. And again, it's, it's, it, it's, it's doing a job. It's having curiosity. It's being genuine and it's trying to get your job done. Look, I'm I, I'm curious why the home didn't sell. I definitely want to list it. If if you if you're halfway coherent, let's get together and, and take a look at it. I don't mind doing it because it's kind of my job. Let it come out and take a look at it and see if it's something I can get sold for you. You know? Yeah. Again, it's 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 a it's not that one line. You have to understand that when you make these calls, sure. it's 15 or 20 of those lines compound until they go, all right, yeah, just come out and let's take a look at it. You sound like you know what you're talking about. You ever heard that line? You sound like you know exactly what you're talking about. I know. <laughs> That's what you're looking for. That's what you want, right? Exactly. So, so the mindset of an expired, I think that may have a little bit. To, why are the homes expiring? Let's start there. Yeah, it's, uh, I tell you what, 95% of the time it's price. It's an agent going in there, and I've lost, I don't know how many listings in this market to people who you have a, you have a person who's going to sell a house, hasn't sold a house in 20 years, he has five agents, 
The one who's good tells him 425. The agent who's lost listing says 610. And he goes, I'm going with the highest dollar because I don't see the difference in value between you two because I haven't had my butt kicked six months in this market during COVID to even think I should do that. But six months from now, your mindset's changed. And that's what we're talking about. So uh, a lot of times it's price. The uh, Sometimes it's condition. The inside is just a piece of crap. It's just nothing you can do with it. And again, that's still a price issue because if it's a piece of crap, you reduce the price, it's going to sell. Location, it could be location, but again, price. If it's a bad location, just the price, it'll sell. And the only other issue could be is marketing services, which is the broker. Which again, if you're running a whisper campaign in this market, you know, you're not doing anybody a, a service. What, what, what do you mean by a whisper campaign? What is that? So I have these guys, I, you know, when you call sometimes people go, my house is off the market, but it's, you know, I'm just kind of taking a break. It's still for sale. And I go, okay, who knows about it? Well, the broker. And I go, oh, so you guys are doing a whisper campaign? Only he knows about it? No one else knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So she, I said, you don't want to have multiple people come through there and give you offers? Well, we do, but, we, you know, we want to take a break. Okay. You know, and then, so that's just, I call it a whisper campaign, meaning no one really knows about it except for the homeowner and maybe the broker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like and again, that. in that mindset, Curtis, they come up with these lives. They'll tell me stuff like, you know, I told the broker not to really push it. I go, not to push it. You put it in MLS. That's telling every broker who's got like a pit bull with a bone, thing is for sale. Come out here and sell it. So I don't know how you can not push it if you drop it in MLS, you know? Well, and, and, and they're trying to save face a little bit, right? Exactly. You can't make them wrong either. You can never make them wrong. You got to understand that. And just go, I understand. You know, even if it's the stupidest thing in the world, you have to agree with it and say, I get it. I understand why you do that. And then move on to the next question. Right. Don't linger. So, so there's, so there's four, you're saying these are the top four reasons the home expires yes. in the first oh, place. Price, price condition. location, marketing services. Those are the four reasons why a home doesn't sell. Okay. So what, what, what do you do differently than, I, I mean, again, prospecting expires is one thing, but selling an expired and getting the home sold is an entirely different thing. Right. I, and I, and I think that's, we get, we get a lot of questions from customers about that. I think we have a, there's a tremendous amount of education on, on, um, the, the prospecting to expires, yeah. but it doesn't do any good if you don't get the contract signed and well, then you, the property is sold. Right price in the right, right commission. Right. And you sold last month, you sold 13 Correct. properties half of those and, and half of those are expired. Um, I saw your LinkedIn post, uh, I don't know, a couple days ago where you're saying, hey, this sold seven hours, you know, in seven, seven hours. hours. Didn't hit MLS, it sold seven hours. Yeah, so, I want the same thing. So, so you know a, a couple of things about getting the, the expireds sold, not just getting them listed. Correct. Um, talk to me about that because if it's marketing service, so I'm assuming those are the four things that you focus on talking to the expired about to, to when you list the home. But why are you able to list it and get it sold when the other person couldn't? So I think a lot of that comes from is educating the seller into what's really happened in the market. You know, we can't go by how someone feels or, you know, what someone thinks and their opinion. And when I mean someone, I mean another broker or a friend or family member who tells you, you think your home is worth X when really it's worth, you know, Y. Um, we go by facts and I try to educate people right from the beginning. And I don't BS people like, here's the price, here's why your home didn't sell. Here's homes that are like yours in the same age, size, condition and location. Here's what they're getting. Here's what we can expect unless you, and I would put it on them, unless you have other comps to prove your price, do you? No. 
Good, then we're going to use mine. And here's where we need to be at. This is why I need to sell. And they're going to say either screw or they're going to say, let's get started because you're, you're the guy, you know? Right. So I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go pretty basic um, here with some questions. Because we have we have some brand new agents on here that sure. are trying to figure this out, and and the questions they're asking they may not be posting it in the comments, but I know that they're asking this. They're going, what are you doing to figure out and use data and facts to educate the customer? So, do you have a process? Um, of, talk to me about even pricing it right, and how how are you using the MLS to get the get the price right? Okay, so this is something I teach my coaches. Uh, students about uh, how to how to price it right. So we use a couple of different methods. Number one is MLS. Right? You have to use MLS. You got to look what the comps come in at. Number two, I look at a lot of times is price per square foot. That's another thing I look at based on what's been selling, what they've been selling per square foot. Number three, I look at sales price versus assessed price. How much more over assessed price in this town on average are these homes getting across the board? Um, I will bring Zillow in if it helps me. If it doesn't, I don't bring it in. Um, and then I have basically tell them what I think. So there's a couple different sources there where I look at and go, all right, so what I'm looking, and this is my part of my accounting background because before I was did this, I was an accounting student and I graduated through an accounting degree. But I look for I look for commonality. Okay, so if I know all the homes are selling ten thousand over assessed and you're assessed for two forty, you're probably worth two fifty. If I know all the homes are selling uh, at 120 per square foot and you're at 180 per square foot. Well, now I know, and you're not new construction. Now I know why I didn't sell. You're charging too much for what you have. Um, and a lot of times when I do these equations, when I go by square foot, when I go by the MLS and when I go by sales price or sales price, those numbers will generally all come within 10 or 15,000 of each other. When I, when I map them out and I go, look, this number says 260, this says 250, this says 240. Zillow has you at 262. So there's a reason that all four of these are within 1% of each other. That's where your price is, you know what I mean? Right. So I, I use a lot of logic to go through that steps and teach people that. Um, and once they see that and that method, we use that. Now again, there's a couple of different methods and there's even more than that. If one of these methods is, is off skew and says 325, I don't bring it. I bring what's going to help me get the home sold. And I'm, I'm not trying to con anybody. I'm just trying to use the most information I have besides here's what I feel. Here's some facts to look at that says this is what your home is worth. And here's what we need to price it at to get it sold. Yeah. And in the uprising market, maybe you can go 269 and look for offers at 260, but you can't go 329. It ain't going to work that way. You know? Right. Right. Um, well, there's this, you know, we say in sales a lot, you sell with emotion, you close with logic. Yeah. And 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 putting even even putting your script together. I mean, all, all the conversation is the emotion is what are, what's your next level? What like where are you trying to go? Where are you trying to move? Mm. You know, who are you trying to be around? And then the logic is, you know, the price is there's no more emotion in here. Here's the facts and the data. I think that's I think that's key for people to pick up on is is let, let's let's leave the emotion out of the close. Um, all of a sudden you are a team with the, the home seller together looking at, hey, this is a fact. Huh? It is yeah. what it is, you know? Yeah, and, and you always say- It's not you your fault. Want, you always say, do you have any more facts? No? Okay, well, let's use what I have. This is the latest yeah. stuff I could find, you know? Uh, yeah. And no one ever has facts, you know what I mean? Besides, oh, Michael, Jimmy sold the house four years ago. Well, we can't use that four years ago. It's out, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's fascinating. So, um, so you get it priced right, 
and that's based and again price if that's 95 percent of the battle price what, is what our, about, our biggest tool to sell our biggest tool to sell is price hands down not marketing not anything price is the biggest tool you okay. have to have a price right or, or nothing else matters so but then second because price is related to location and condition and everything else you get yeah. it priced right what do you generally and if you have you know a top three that you can pull off the top of your head things that you tend to do differently to market the property differently than the previous agents where that are having homes expire a lot? Good question. So uh, I pretty much always use a professional photographer, hands down. Number one, I, uh, over the 20 years, I've taken a lot of ad writing courses. So when I write an ad, um, I try to, I, and again, we talk about that team effort, me and the seller. I go, Hey, listen, this is exactly what I say. Listen, you guys know more about this house than I do. Tell me what you think the benefits of this property. Some the next buyer is going to like, and give me a bullet list. And when I come through here and take notes, I'm going to have your list and my list. I'm going to try to put them together for an ad that sells because you know more than me about this house. You know that the kids get picked up right here on the bus or that they block off this neighborhood on the July and have a train come by and pick up the kids as a block party. So I can use that as ammo in this listing to try to create something that's going to make people stop their pen and go, wait, what's this? So I know every good ad has a hook line. What's a hook line? The first sentence that grabs your attention. Then we talk about the body of the ad. It's going to have a couple of bullets of what it is. And we don't just say ceramic tile, central air, must last, you know, uh, must see, won't last. That's the old ad from the 80s, right? We talk about the benefits of the home, stuff you're going to like. And then we have a nice close, right? Five minutes from the train, two minutes from shopping, one showing away from being yours. You know what I mean? Won't leave the wall empty at $699. You know, whatever those, those closes are at the end. That, accompanied with all the correct information on the house, all the right photos, is gonna create a better ad. And let me tell you something, if your ad sucks in MLS, it's gonna suck across the whole network because everyone pulls from MLS. So it has to be the best here, so it can be the best everywhere. So number one, I have an ad class, some of the tips that I use. Use a professional photographer. I always do coming soon. So if you see your LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, I always have coming soon ads where I'll put something, this is coming out soon, I'll build a list of, of buyers so that when I get the ad, the house up and ready, I'm gonna contact those first five or six people and get them in there first. If I can double end it, that's better for everybody. Um, so that's, those are some things I do differently. I use a lot of social media. Um, I, I wanna, the professional photography is, is kind of a pet peeve of mine. So I won't get on too much of a soapbox here, but it, it's crazy to me when, when somebody's trying to sell a home and the photos suck and there's six of them. Yep. Right. I mean, it's crazy to me. And and we see that we've seen that for all 18 years we've been looking at this. Um, besides price and, and just to validate what what Derek's saying, we've seen this for years um, that price, number one, number two, it's these marketing um, and people won't even have a description sometimes. Right. Or the description is essentially repeating the data that's already there in the MLS, three bedroom, two bath. You know, like they could see that that's, that's in there. The right. description is meant to do this. And, and, um, and the photos are what sell, especially right now, how important are photos right now when somebody can't just always pop by the property um, or, or, you know, go drive around for six days with an agent showing, you know, a hundred different properties, photos matter now more than ever. And, so, and video. I mean, everyone's doing these virtual tours where you, now you can just do your camera phone. You can walk through the whole house. You can upload it to YouTube and just attach it to MLS. So now you got a video tour. Uh, you can hire a professional person to do it as well, but if you just want to get one in so you can get it started because of COVID, it helps. You know, people are excited about that. Right. And and 
man, iPhones have come a long way, haven't they? The cameras, you can take wide oh. angle, you know, get the whole capture, the whole room. You can do amazing things. Um, I, I think I just add to the, to the advice for people who are listening, like upload as many photos. You can't have too many photos. Um, you know, and, and, and think about who, who, who are the people online spending their time clicking through all those photos. You can't have too many. Um, and so more is better. The ad is a really interesting thing. And, and I just want to make sure we caught people are catching that. Um, um, one, they, you, you can teach people how to do this. I'm trying to pull some free stuff for them out, out of this. So the ad is about the benefits the home provides. Mm-hmm. not just listing the features. Right. Um, I think that's, you know, sales and marketing 101 is benefits. People buy benefits, not not the feature. So of what it provides, you go through the benefits. Um, I'm just trying to get your ad, your, your description outline. You go through the benefits. You're trying to incorporate, you know, the seller and what you're doing because you know what sells. Right. Um, so benefits and then a close. Correct. And the close is typically what, you know, give us some advice on, on how to write a good close or, or pick well, the right close for a property. Let me see if I got a, let me see, I think. Let's see if I have one really quick. I might have an actual ad where I wrote here because I had to print something out the other day. Let's see if I do. Uh, typically when I, when I write an ad, I take my time really with it and I, you know, I try to focus in on you say what the bet I don't but I try to focus in on what I think the benefits are of the property um, you know it's one thing to say that it's got a farmer's porch it's got central air it's got a finished basement um, it's nothing to paint a picture of that like you know uh, dino fresco on your backyard with panoramic panoramic views of your you know back fenced in oversized backyard lot something so you want to talk so a lot of times I'll, I'll, I have I'll, I'll get ad books from Amazon and sometimes I'll actually look at car books or different uh, things and just look for cool ad words that they use and go, wow, I could use that. Like, that's a kind of cool word. Like, I like that. You know what I mean? Um, Dine Al Fresco was something I saw at a restaurant magazine. I was like, oh, I could write that in one of my things about being on your back deck and Dine Al Fresco. You know what I mean? Just just cool words that kind of paint yeah. a picture because, you know, in our MLS, we're only allowed a thousand characters. So it's one paragraph. you got to put as much content in that thing and you can't abbreviate. People don't like abbreviate. So you want to get everything in there um, you can, which is going to paint a picture of what you'd enjoy. You know, sit back and sip lemonade on the front porch as you watch kids play. I don't know. Everyone's different. Every house is different. So I try to gear and add towards that as much as I can. Well, and, and from, again, the marketing, um, I, when you got your accounting degree, you didn't know that you were going to be a master marketer, right? right, but, right. Uh, but from a marketing standpoint, everything in marketing is trying to show someone what their the future version of themselves is going to like if they if they buy your product if your product is a house that you're selling yeah. you're trying to give them a view you're trying to paint that picture of what their life could be like um and you're trying to do it in a way that is easy for them to to see so so that there's interest there i mean i, I think that's well, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about what's current so now we're as we're approaching september you'll see a lot of the ads that I write will have like, if it's in a cul-de-sac, perfect trick-or-treat neighborhood, right? Cause we're trying to paint the picture of what this neighborhood's like during Halloween. You know what I mean? Or as you approach Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, Christmas dinner or, or Thanksgiving dinner next to the fireplace. These are some of the key things you use at different parts of the thing. And summertime, look, you know, the backyard, the pool's open. So we'll talk about some, 
some stuff there that's going to, uh, you know, attract people for that time frame. So again, uh, it's definitely trying to get people, like you said, into future pacing. And it's also seasonal based on what's happening now. Seasonal and timely. I, I you know, um, yeah, and what you said, Curtis, for photos, you'd be surprised how many times I'll take a listing that expired in June it was only on the market for two months in January, February, and it's full of snow. And I'll call and say, Hey, did you guys have a snowstorm yesterday? Like, why is this photo like five feet of snow? They never changed the pictures. So if you have a listing that's on the market and there's a season change and it hasn't sold yet, which is kind of probably crazy. This market is everything sounds so fast, right. but in the markets where it was slower, I would go back out and take photos again of seasonal. I keep my house so it doesn't look like it's been stale sitting there forever. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I love that advice. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so um, just to throw it in because, you know, Again, timely. How are you using pandemic and COVID in the marketing of of properties, or even in your scripts and going after expireds? Is 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 the current condition of COVID pandemic something that you've brought into your marketing? Yeah, I mean, you have to sort of a contact free, uh, you know, listing where you know that the you know homeowners not home, uh, the buyers and the agents are wearing masks. Um, you know, and we're to the point where there's an offer, it's all e-signatures, so you don't have to touch anything. Um, closings are all done virtual now. Um, so we're trying to paint a picture of keeping them healthy without being exposed to problems, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of the language you talk about. Uh, but again, we can talk all we want about what we can do. This stuff only works on motivated people. If someone doesn't care if the home sells or not, they don't really care. They don't right. care. So this is only going to work. So I don't want people to think just make the first 50 calls and they're going to get 50 listing appointments. It only works on motivated people. No matter how good I am, my scripts and dialogues only work on motivated people. Okay. So I, I'm, I mean, we're going back to the beginning of, of some of the prospecting, but how, how do you find the motivation? Yeah. So part of that is just going to be those first few, few uh, questions you ask, you know, why, you know, uh, your home didn't sell. Why do you think it didn't sell? Where were you planning to move next? You know, um, why was that important to get there? What was ha what was happening in Pensacola that made you want to go down that way? Oh, you're retiring. So now, you know, oh, you got a grandchild being born. So now I got some some strings I can pull later on in the conversation when I go to do the final close. You know what I mean? So, again, it's what you said. It's all about motivation and where the destination is, where they're going next. You know, you hear a lot of people going, I sold my home, but I hadn't I couldn't find a place to go. And that's something that we're all dealing with. Um, so part of that conversation is they don't want to put it back on because it sold last time and. Uh, they're not disappointed with their agent because he did get the home sold. They just couldn't find anywhere to go. So that person's one of the people that you keep in the background and you ask them questions like, well, what are you looking for? Um, you know, and then, so if you come across a listing that's in that thing, you call them first and maybe A, get the listing and the sale or B, they bring their agent and you sell that one and you sell them this one. So, you know, I have a list of people that are like, tell me what they're looking for. And if I come across a property, they're going to be one of the first people I contact. Well, and it gives it it gives you a different script to call the expired too. If you, I mean, if you have a potential buyer for that specific property, yeah, you know that, that's a, that's a pretty great conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when somebody's saying, "Well, where were you when it was listed for six months?" Well, I didn't have a buyer, but now I do. <laughs> so, right. you know, when yeah. can we get together? Yeah. You know, I think that's 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 a great idea. Let's uh, let, let me let me try to. And there's a lot of questions going on, Derek. And let's, yeah, why don't we hit some of those questions? Um, let's see. 
so I think we've answered some of these. So we, we could, you know, if there's nothing new, we can move on. I just want to make sure that they know we're, we're watching here. How do you get a seller? Um, any other advice? The, I think the question is, any other advice besides just the facts that you bring to help the home seller understand that the price was too high? That, the, that is the reason. Because, again, going back to mindset, a lot of them think it's the, it was 100% the agent's fault. Yeah. It wasn't their price. So besides just the facts of doing that, you know, how do you get any other well, advice I, in getting them to understand? The, the number one fact that they can't look past, no matter how much they want to, is A, their home didn't sell in the hottest market we've had in the last 15 years. This is the hottest market we've had since 2006. Everything is selling. If your home doesn't sell in this, something's wrong, all right? And again, right. it's condition, location, um, uh, or, or price, you know, or the marketing. But even the marketing, even if your agent sucks, but he gets it in MLS, there's going to be someone who's searching for a home between 400 and 500 in this town that goes, let's look at it anyways. You're going to have those aggressive guys who will look because no one can find anything. So that hands down alone, that fact that it didn't sell should tell them 100% that, and again, we're talking about reasonable people. Some people aren't reasonable. They just won't. They believe. I had a guy the other day goes, listen, my home didn't sell, not because of price, because it's a, it's a historic Greek revival home. It's built. I go, okay, you want 500,000 for a Greek revival home that needs, you told me alone needs 150,000 worth of work. But me as a buyer, I can buy a brand new construction up the street on a cul-de-sac for 500,000. Why would I buy yours? It's a Greek revival. I know, but who wants to spend 200 grand on a house that I'm paying 500 grand for? It doesn't make right. sense. So you are going to get those people. You never can help them. You never can help them. So, um, But the people that are motivated will get this and they'll understand it. Awesome. If you're genuine, you have to be genuine. You can't, you can't be so desperate for the sale that they smell your commission breath. You know, you right. have to, you know, be able to talk to them and not be attached to the outcome if you get it or not. You know, just like, right. hey, I'm just going to give you the truth. I'm going to do what I do. It's best for me, and that's to tell you the truth. If you want to move on, let's do it. If you don't, that's okay too. Well, I think you have this uh, when you're when you're going after the second time around. You have a unique opportunity to to be more authentic. I think I think it's easier to be authentic because now you can come in there and say, I, "I'm only going to tell you the truth. I want to tell you the truth," and and I think they appreciate that more. They're ready to hear um, some hard things, yeah, because they might feel like the previous agent didn't do that. Exactly. that might, you know, I think I think you're in a unique unique position there. So, thank you for that. Uh, Elliot is asking, do you ever utilize an appraiser before listing? For the sale i have it but i know people that have yes okay and that's the, uh, the reason you would use that is because you and the seller just can't agree upon price you know what it is they're stuck on their price so a segue to get the listing together is say hey i'll tell you what let's get an appraiser in here let's list it whatever they say that the, the highest amount the bank will loan and let's go from there so sometimes if an agent is weak on price and can't get it the right price well the sellers are so tough but you feel the motivations there, like they're going through a divorce or they have to move the job. It's something that makes them have to sell. Then maybe you do that to, to, to you know, ease them up a little bit. Um, and then to say, if it doesn't sell in the next first two weeks or three weeks, we got to talk about a schedule of price reductions. Okay. That's awesome. Elliot, I hope that was, that was uh, pretty good. Um, a lot of, a lot of thank yous and comments about the ad description. So uh, we'll give you a chance to tell people where they can get more information on that after Sure. Um, but I know in, in us talking, Derek, that you that that you have some advice that you want to give to people, um, and 
and I want to make sure that we have time to chat about all those things. And, and so why don't I just kind of give you the mic and, and I might interject with some more questions, but I, I know you've prepared some things to share. Yeah. So I wanted to give you guys, you know, one of the things I do on these podcasts is people always ask me, what are your top 10 tips? What are your things that you do every day? Um, to, to, to get your, yourself the level where you're at, you know what I mean? Cause I've come a far away from where I came from originally, you know, I put a list of the top 10 things that, that I do. Now I will tell you guys this before the first line of this turns you off. This is not, I'm not Joel Osteen. This isn't about church or anything like that, but I, God's in my life. I talk about him a lot. If you ask me how, to, how many times I went to church last year before COVID hit, Zero, right? I didn't go to, but I teach Sunday school for the kids at Sunday school. I talk to God every day. I, I, I have a friendship with them, bond. Um, but I talk about my mindset and having faith and going forward with, with some of these things. So I'm going to talk to you guys about it here. So number one of the 10 lists is put God first in everything you do. Everything you think you see in me, everything you think I have accomplished, everything you think I have, and I have a few things. Everything I have is by the grace of God. It's a gift. So I put him first in what I do. I've kept God first in my life and it's kept me humble. I don't always stick with him, but he's always stuck with me. So stick with him in everything you do. If you think you want to do what you think I've done, then what I've done and stick with God. All right. That's one. Number two, fail big, fail big. Do what you feel a passion about. Take chances professionally. <laughs> don't be afraid to fail. Dream big, but remember, Dreams without goals are just dreams. They ultimately fuel disappointment. So have dreams, but have goals, life goals, health goals, money goals, daily goals. These goals, when you're trying to get these goals in order to achieve them, be discipline and consistency, right? Those are a big thing for us with our phone calls. You got to call every day, not just on Tuesday or Wednesday. Discipline and consistency in order to achieve those goals. You must do it every day and understand that you have to work for it. Hard work works. Working really hard at something is what successful people do. And in this text, tweet, twerk world we've grown up in, just remember, you're <clears throat> just because you're doing a lot more doesn't mean you're getting a lot more done. I'll say that again. Just because you're doing a lot more doesn't mean you're getting a lot more done. Don't confuse movement with progress, right? Because you can run in place all day and get nowhere, right? When you're on these phone calls, be passionate. Don't just make calls to make calls. Be there. Show up. Number three, you never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. I don't care how much money you make, you can't take it with you. And it's not about how much money you make. It's what you do with what you make. You have to make a difference. The most selfish thing that you guys can do in this world is help someone else. Why is it selfish? Because of the gratification you get. Listen, when I made those videos on YouTube, this is the reason I'm here today with Curtis, right? I created those videos because I learned something. I learned how to make phone calls. and I learned how to do it in a way that was never taught by anybody on, on, on YouTube by anybody else. Now everyone's trying to do it. But when I did it 10, 20 years ago, whatever it was, no one was doing it. And it was hard to find training, right? And the guys who, I won't mention the company that trained me, but they trained one way. I didn't learn how to do it right until I started role playing and getting my butt kicked and being trial and error that really got it going. Number four, be grateful. 
every day for everything you have, your car, your house, your health, your family, your food, electricity, cable, technology, education, your drive, curiosity, wit, that X factor that makes you, you, your senses, your ability to work, the cash you have in the bank, sellers and buyers, your success, your failures. You gotta say right. thank you in advance of the things you guys want. A lot of you don't get this. This is a big part of it every day. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for love. Thank you for kindness. Thank you for peace. Thank you for humility. Thank you for prospects. You wanna say thank you in advance. And what? how you know that's there is when you want something, the thing you want in your heart. A lot of people want to do something. Some people want to be realtors. Some people want to be appraisers in this real estate business, mortgage brokers, and other people on other lines might be watching this. Not everyone who's in real estate who's watching this podcast. Some people are just in sales. True desire in your heart that's God's proof to you set beforehand to indicate that it's yours already. That itch, that drive that you want to be. That's God telling you he put that seed in you because that's what he wants you to do. Anything you want good in this world can be yours. You have to work hard at it to get it. Okay. Number five, almost halfway through there. <laughs> Make room for your abundance, right? So if you're doing these things every day, you need to make room for your abundance. You can't hang on to your old life if you want a new life. Think of it this way. If you guys are going into a supermarket, you have that first set of doors, you go in that little hallway and have a second set of doors. Those second set of doors don't open until the first set of doors close. You have to let go of your of the old stuff to make room for the new stuff. So if you're asking in life for more business, more money, more different things, more opportunity, you have to let go of what you had before that might be holding you back. I'll tell you guys a quick story about, uh, I heard about a guy who wanted a car. So he was probably 22 and he had this old car in his backyard that was on blocks, right? And he tried to fix it. He tinkered with it all the time. He couldn't get this thing to work. So every week on Friday, get paid. He started telling his mother every Friday, oh, mama, next week I'm getting paid. I'm going to get a car. She said, I know you're going to get a car, baby, but you got one in the backyard. Next week on Friday, mama, I got paid. I'm going to get a car. I know you're going to get a car, baby, but you know, you got one in the backyard. Two, three, four weeks of this kept happening. This guy said he got frustrated because his parents were never clear to him. They always would say, this weird stuff to him, like chaotic stuff, because they wanted him to think instead of just give him the answer. So eventually he went there and said, Mama, why do you always say these negative things? I'm trying to bring positivity. I'm going to get a new car. She said, baby, you can't get anything until you get rid of that old car. So the following week he went out. He took the car off. He cut his buddy who, who tows cars, said, take it off the blocks, take it out. He has $20. He cleaned up the space, got it all set up. The driver looked almost brand new. Two weeks later, he got his new car, but he had to get rid of that old one to get into that new one, you know? So sometimes you have to let go of old friends, old habits, old conditions before you can move to the next one. Number six, this is an important one, okay? Listen to his voice. This is God's voice. God talks to us through our conscience. It's not audible. You don't hear him. I don't hear him talk to me, but I feel it inside when he says, turn around, right? Someone's, someone's broke down the side of the road pull over, help that person. Again, these are tougher and COVID rules, but still, they still apply, right? Uh, stop, put the, you know, after you're done shopping, put the carriage in the carriage corral. Don't leave it there. These small things you hear that you think are your conscious is God talking to you, telling you to do this stuff, to be better at what you are. You know what? I've had situations where I've had, I, I've been somewhere and I just helped someone. I'm not going to get into all of them, 
but some, and again, I'm not saying this to anybody to, to get praise from you guys, but if, if you're out somewhere and you have the ability to help someone, say there's a lady in front of you and she's buying food and food stamps and you can see she's putting stuff back because she, her stamps don't have enough money to afford that and you have the ability to give 10, 20, 30 dollars and cover that, that's God telling you to do that, man. Hey, you don't know where I came from. That stuff happened to me when I was young, you know, I grew up with my mother. We went through stuff like that. It was very difficult to, to be poor and to see someone struggle and someone has pride, help them with that. Um, I once saw a lady walking in the snow with her daughter who was five years old. It was the middle of the winter out here, probably December, January. We just had a blizzard. So the side was plowed. She was walking in the street with her daughter. It was freezing out. I pulled over as a man and wasn't expecting her to say yes, but I said, can I offer you a ride? I don't know you, but I know this is no way for a mother and daughter to be walking out here. And they said, okay, surprisingly. And I drove them probably a mile to their house and let them off. And they didn't ask for anything. I just felt that thing to say, I need to help you. Because when I was growing up, we didn't have a car. And it was very difficult, very difficult indeed to uh, to see that. So when you can help someone else, you know, and don't cheat, man. Don't cheat people. Don't steal from people. Um, don't try to always win. Listen, if you do the right thing, the right thing will happen. We talked about that a minute ago with commission breath. If you don't get the deal, you don't get the deal. Don't try to force things or cheat people. I know you want a deal, but do it the right way. Don't just aspire in this business to make a living. Aspire to make a difference, right? Number seven, control the weeds. This is something I talked about my, uh, uh, on Facebook Live the other day. Weeds grow out with weeds grow without any help. They grow in cracks. They grow in dirt. They grow in sidewalks they grow in gutters. i mean they have they need nothing to grow right they grow in your garden weeds need no nutrients but if you want a flower or a vegetable to grow you need to prep the soil and and, and add fertilizer and add water and turn the soil your mind is the same way you don't have to force yourself to go to the negative your brain is always on autopilot it takes a lot of positive thinking to work against the negative especially this covid Look, when I when COVID hit, I had nine deals in the pipe. Every one of them died. You know how that hurt? That hurt because we're coming from a winter into COVID time, and it was business was already low. It hurt. I had to get on my mindset and start working on my positivity, uh, regardless of what was happening, and that turned around quickly. Um, you know, everyone's always and, and, and be patient what you ask for, right? Uh, we ask for things for God all the time. We, we, you know, we want this. We want to be rich. We want to win the lottery. I know you guys, everybody wants everything. Things happen the way they're supposed to happen, the time they're supposed to happen. What, Curtis, you have, how many kids do you have, Curtis? Six. Okay, I have four. Look, you'll appreciate this as a dad. It, my oldest son is 16. Uh, I just bought a new Raptor. Uh, if I gave him the keys to the Raptor today and said, go to your friend's house or go to the store and pick me up something that we need for, for dinner tonight, that's a blessing. He can do that. But 10 years ago when he was six, if I gave my same son, my same truck, my same keys to him and said, go get me that stuff, it wouldn't be a blessing. It'd probably be a nightmare, right? Because he would probably crash. So God holds things back from us for a certain reason. And I think we as parents understand that because we do the same thing for our kids. I wouldn't give him that. I know he's not ready for that. I would love to give him that. He would love to have that. But I withhold things from him because no, it's not the time for it yet. Number eight, show up ready. Haircut, 
You need to be groomed, nice clothes, wash car, nice business cards. Uh, be clear and concise when you talk. Be prepared, on time. Be generous with your conversation. Let people talk. Listen to them. Um, shiny shoes um, you know, or, or clean sneakers. You know, in this, in this heat, we're all wearing sneakers and T-shirts. Um, but just show up prepared. Smell good. Have the appearance of someone who's not a scrub. Nine, be healthy. Take care of yourself. None of this matters if number nine is not done. Get up early. Work out. Meditate. Cold showers. Listen to something that touches to you. Money affirmations. Motivational stuff. Eat right. Intermediate fasting. Try your best. And the last one, number 10, prayer works. Okay, when in doubt, pray. Don't forget to pray. Don't be ashamed to pray. Don't be too proud to pray. I don't care. How dark it looks to you. I don't care what the haters are saying. I don't care what the verdict is. Prayer changes things. Okay. I grew up on a block. It didn't breed success, man. A lot of people on my block aren't here anymore. I grew up in a very bad part of town. And I was told when I was small, I would never be nothing. Uh, and as a poor kid with, you know, ripped pants and shoes and, you know, we had didn't have heat half the winters, it, 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 it hit me, man. But prayer changes the things. Prayer is, a, prayer is the one thing that's available to anybody at any given time. God is never too busy for you. God knows who you are. God created you to converse with him. Do you know God would love to hear from you? You are not going to make it without God. You can't do it without him. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be standing here today. I, I, I wouldn't be here. I, I, I tell him that I need help all the time. God gives you more than you ask for. He has a thing he hands out called grace. He passes it out. He gives things you don't deserve. I don't deserve to be here today. I don't deserve this life. I, I have, I, I, I'm halfway to where I need to be. The money I make, where I live, what I drive, where, how I travel, where I vacation, I don't deserve it, but I work hard for what I have. But he gave me grace. He let me survive homelessness, poverty, getting in a lot of trouble when I was younger. He brought me from dark, man. You guys don't even know, man. I've been, I've been in the dark. I've in it man i've been in it and you know i said get me through this i'm gonna tell everyone that it was you that helped me get out of here and you see today as a boy who believed even when people told him he wasn't gonna make it that it would get better i tell my kids and one of the last things i talk about is in my ccd class i think people think you have to go to church every week to talk to god and um you have to confess you know one of the first things i teach in ccd every at the first class is do you think God speaks Spanish. Do you think he speaks Chinese? Do you think he speaks Russian? Do you think he'll understand you if you talk to him? You know, he will, he's a friend. Ask him for help. Don't put a time limit on it and just have the faith that stuff will change in your life. These are some of the rules that I apply to my life. And I'm not saying they're they're all easy, but they can all be done today with minimum effort. And if you guys apply some of these things to you and have faith and act with more character, you'll get better results. That's it. Thank you, Derek. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think uh, it's good to hear a message of abundance and, and hope, especially amongst a pandemic and COVID yeah. and everything going on. Um, we know that there's a lot of people out there struggling in their businesses. Um, yeah. and, and sometimes right now, it's not even a fault of their own. Uh, they didn't get enough foothold on the marketplace and there's just no inventory, right? right. They're just, you know, they're, they're out hustling and they're doing that. Um, 
so it's good. I, I think I think the message to to hang in there and to keep going and that on the other side of of struggle, the other side of a bad economy is abundance and success and and everything. The, all the reasons you got into the business in the first place. So, yeah. Derek, thank you for for sharing some of that personal insight and beliefs, um, and and also for all of the the nuggets of working the expired listings. So, yeah, man. Um, I think uh, for those of you who are listening to continue the conversation, it happens in two places. It happens on our forum, forum.theredx.com. And it happens in uh, on Facebook, on the Elite Prospecting Group on Facebook. Um, and also, Derek, wh- wh- how can people find you or some of the like the ad stuff that you mentioned? You have a little course on ad. I mean, wh- where can they find you? Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously they can find me at any time on, on Facebook. It's easy to find me there. Uh, if you guys want to know about the coaching we provide, uh, there's a site called Expired Listing Mastery you can go to. I created a course for beginners. If you guys are beginners, a lot of these courses, they want to charge $1,000, $2,000, $3,000. Um, I pay that a lot of times myself for coaching programs. Um, what I've done is I designed a program that's 12 weeks. It's for a beginner agent. It's 300 bucks, and I give you everything I've learned on expireds on not only how to call them, um, what to say, when I dial, what numbers I dial, uh, what I do on a math listing presentation, what kind of facts do I use to get the right price, what facts do I use to get the right commission, and then how do I close that deal? Those nuggets are all on there. And again, it's 300 bucks. It's cheap. You guys enjoy it. So, so uh, the team has already posted the link to that um, yep. in the comments. So for the viewers, if you want to check that out, it's there. Um, Derek, thank you so much for the time today. It's always a pleasure. Uh, we were talking before the show that it's it's been you know going on ten years since Derek's um, visited out this part of the country. So hopefully COVID, uh, you know, things will settle down. We'll be able to get you out to the offices and, and catch up here. Okay. For those of you viewing, thank you so much. We're here Monday, Wednesday, Friday at one thirty Mountain Time. Um, so so we hope to see you here on Friday at one thirty. And for everybody else, thank you. Thank you for the team on the back end that makes this happen and produces it. Make sure you can hear us and see us. Um, so big shout out to the team on on doing all the work on the, the behind the scenes for the show. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much. We'll see you on Friday.